Hey all you cool cats and kittens. Thanks so much for popping by the Summer Pop Culture Playground for another round of Six Degrees of Education. Around the time lockdown and pandemic life were starting to become the new normal, the world became obsessed with big cats, mullets, and the eccentric backwater zoo owner Joe Exotic and his near-deadly feud with rival Carol Baskin. Tiger King probably would and should have come and gone the way of normal, true-ish crime documentaries. But we here at GLG have decided to revisit the series to challenge our metaphor-connecting expired pork chops. So grab your flower crown or cheetah print getup, cuddle up with your own pet, and listen for how we do. Welcome to the Grounded Learners Guild Summer Pop Culture Playground. Our intention here is to be hanging out, having a little bit of fun, and indulging in some binge-worthy silliness, but still keeping things connected to our world of education, teams, and learning. And to do that, we're going to be playing a game, which we're titling Six Degrees of Education. So we take some of those pop culture references that have been a part of our world for the last year five years since all of us have been alive, even before that, and talking about the ways those pop culture elements connect with learning. And to keep us on track, we've got a couple of norms. We always like to do that. And so we have given ourselves 20 minutes to do this fast, keeps it where we can be out by the pool and spending more time with our friends, family and relaxing. And then we have the second norm, which is spoilers are going to follow. So if you have not watched our topic of the day, which is the Tiger King, there are some spoilers that we are going to share with you today. So if that's not your jam, you might want to go pre-watch some of that stuff before you come in and listen today. So Tiger King Netflix documentary that came out in March of 2020 took the world by storm. And so today we're going to really dive in and make some connections. So the first connection that we're going to talk about is the concept between feuding zoos. So how does that relate to education? Well, I think when you're looking at Joe's Zoo or Carol's Sanctuary, or if you want to call them both zoos or sanctuaries, I don't know. We're looking at competing schools or competing districts. I actually married somebody from the competing school in my district. So yeah, rival high schools or like rival schools that are always looking at each other like, what are they doing? We should do this or we should do something different from them. Jenny? I went to the same high school as my husband, so I don't have the same situation there in my household. But yeah, there's definitely that goes on. You're always looking to see what other people are around you doing. And sometimes it's interesting to see some schools are really trailblazers. They want to carve their own path. And then you have some other schools that are very much wanting to learn from each other and want to model like, hey, what are they doing? I want to see how we can make that ours as well. And I think even because you are in that competition element, you will find very quickly they're jumping on each other and competing and critiquing one another. Why are you doing that that way? Why are you doing this this way? And that's what we saw directly in the Tiger King. Carol would go in and bash the way that Joe was taking care of his animals. And then there's the, did she do what we think? Because this is a family show. We're going to kind of dance around it. Did Carol do something very, very the illegal? The Here Kitty Kitty thing. <laughs> yes, the Here Kitty Kitty song. So you have that direct competition. When I was in school, we would have the crosstown rivalry, the big game, anytime those teams across town to play each other. Why are you doing things this way? Why are you doing things that way? That initial instinct to automatically critique what someone else is doing. We see that in the way Carol critiques the way Joe takes care of his animals. We see that in the way Joe... <laughs> 
accuses Carol of illegal and illicit activities, the Hear Kitty Kitty song, all of that stuff. Also, that really touches on these zoos had very unique cultures, and so do schools. The cultures are very much ingrained in who they are and what they do and what they believe in. And that was very much the case when you see Doc Zoo versus Carol's Sanctuary versus Joe Zoo. Well, then let's talk about it. Another one of our degrees of connection is the difference between the zoo versus the sanctuary. I think you're talking about that exact same thing, that they have different cultures, but ultimately different values. Giving a place for these animals to live out their lives after they've had failed attempts at being raised as pets versus it being used as a business, a way for somebody to get money or get notoriety or get fame. Those are two very different competing values. And different schools have different values that we aspire to. Truly, when you look at what's interesting about the different camps, I guess, that you see in Tiger King is that they do really all have their unique culture and their values and the way they communicate with each other and the way they communicate with the camera for good or for bad. (laughs) But when you think about this, it's a community driving an organization's values. And in a lot of ways, you see that in Tiger King, too. Their little community microcosm also affects the procedural stuff of how things are done with the animals. Do they breed them or don't they? How do they handle their enclosures and their feeding? And so on and so forth. Again, for good or for Walmart baloney, you know, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm just thinking about how, I guess it's more of a question, is the zoo better? Or is the sanctuary better? You think about it in the show. And yes, I think that's what drives people to watch this and you get glued to the screen. But when you think of it in education, we're not talking a tiger zoo or a tiger sanctuary, but we're talking about these different types of values. When you have people with very convicted values about what they believe and what they want, that really does drive a system, especially in leadership. And so it's just something to think about. Hopefully those values are in the right place and that's helping kids and helping our learners learn. And that's where we ultimately want to be. Be in it for the right reason and not the self-motivating kind of reason, which leads us to another degree, and that is Saf. So Saf was the worker in Tiger King who ended up getting bitten and mauled by one of the animals he was caring for and talked about it like it was just a bad day at work. <laughs> and the way you just you just <laughs> described this third degree was very much like, yeah, I got bitten and mauled. <laughs> like it was very matter of fact. Well, I think that's what's interesting about it is I don't think that he was in any way unruffled, but I think Saf is kind of like your veteran who has established his value, not to come back to the same thing, and knows what's important and knows what he wants to do. So when you look at why Saf came back and why he says he came back so quickly after losing his arm to the tiger, was he wanted to make sure that the tiger didn't get blamed for that. No, the tiger wasn't being aggressive. I made a mistake. So I'm just going to come on back to work. And I don't think animals shouldn't be euthanized. He should maybe be, he or she should be moved away from the cage. But Saf shouldn't necessarily leave the industry forever just because something bad happened. And again, I think about the caring that he has for the animals almost being like the way a really good veteran teacher cares about the kids and establishes them as priority. And still, even though some really weird and terrifying things might be happening around you, you keep your head and you make sure that you're doing what you feel is right. Makes me think of staff retention as well. 
when you really think about what keeps people there. Why do they want to stay and why do they love the place that they're working at? And so clearly Saf was one of them. He really loved where he was working and it was for all the reasons that Emily, you just mentioned. And so how do we keep that in the back of our mind when we're thinking about our systems and really wanting to build this place where people want to be there? And even when we go through tough times, we want to stay. Right. Especially after this year, when you think about teachers who were really feeling like they went through the ringer with their classrooms being opened up, with everything going on with remote slash hybrid teaching. Metaphorically, there may be some teachers out there who felt like they were metaphorically mauled. And so it's realigning, make sure you are really speaking to your values and come back next year ready to to do what you are exceptional at. All right, next degree is... What are we on? Is this four or five? This is four. Got it. This is four. Yes. So cameras, recording, and managing perceptions. So I do think this brings us back to maybe a tie to our data episode a little bit about how data is used to manage perceptions and to inform choices and to inform how communications are drafted and how the school establishes its values and shifts its practices when needed. But I think a little bit about the way that they used cameras in that show. And and again, very different ways of using it. Joe was far more reliant on always trying to be in entertainment, always pushing forward to make music videos. Like he always wanted that stuff front and center. This is what I want for my organization, but it's something where you also want to make sure that leaders and organizations understand the difference between leading with something for quality and leading with something for show. Yeah. Well, if you recall with the show, there were surveillance cameras everywhere in workroom workspaces. There was a surveillance systems around the park and he was really recording almost every aspect of his zoo because he thought that this was going to be his big break. He was going to have a reality show. He was working with a producer to try to make it happen because he felt like he had something to offer and something to give. And I think what really it comes back to are, Jenny, what you mentioned, those values. Are we doing the things that we're doing for the right reason And if we are, then that's the kind of recognition we want. We want our students to come back to us and say, you made a difference. You helped me learn. You helped me achieve a goal that I have. That's the kind of recognition that we want. Not necessarily always opening up the walls of my classroom so that anyone and everyone can come in and be paraded through and provide me that notoriety. I just, when I taught, that was what I wanted from my kids. And I think about Doc's Zoo and how that one was a lot more closed off. So for the show, he did a lot of interviews. But prior to that, he wasn't doing what Joe was doing, trying to get all that notoriety out there or managing the perception of what they were about. It was a lot more closed and quiet. It's just interesting to see how some systems are less transparent and others are more transparent and what that brings to the table and consider what that could do for your system, especially if you're doing, Casey, as you're mentioning, the things you would like to do to help kids communicate what they're doing with the outside world and how they're learning and putting them in the driver's seat of that messaging that gets put out there to people. Right. There's ways of opening up the walls of your school Mm -hmm. without having to do that managing of perception so much. Next, let's talk about the wild animal aspect of it. 
so many of the early wildlife zoos like this, there was a lot of money to be made when tiger cubs, <laughs> you took your picture with a cute little tiger cub because they're sweet and they're just like big fluffy furry kittens and they're cute. And then what happens when they are no longer cute? So that's why a lot of these animals eventually find I don't know. Joe it. would argue they were still cute even when they were cute. <laughs> yeah. How they were cuddling some of those were frightening to me. However, I know where you're going. Right, right. Yeah. Some of those animals that found their way to Joe's facility or Carol's facility or Doc's facility were because others could no longer take care of them as pets. Like there's so much money to be made in the exotic animal market. So how might we connect this to education? So I think about this in terms of the way new things are rolled out, I guess, new initiatives in the district. And I think a really interesting conflict that came up in Tiger King was like, whether you should breed or just take them in and offer sanctuary. So whether they should be breeding the tigers or the big cats or not. And that's so interesting to me in that context, too, because you could look at it as almost saying, like, is there really any new initiative? Are we kind of just taking in initiatives that have been around before and trying to, quote unquote, give them a better life, give them a better Mm -hmm. circumstances to really make something float that maybe wasn't floating before? Because there are new ideas in education, but there's also that feeling sometimes of like a swinging pendulum. And this idea of maybe taking a previously existing initiative, taking it under your wing, so to speak, and giving it a life of its own? Or are we really making new initiatives? Are we really breeding new initiatives, Mm -hmm. I guess, for lack of a better term? Breeding new programs, or are we actually taking responsibility for the things that we start and seeing it all the way through to the end to that final outcome or that final goal that we're wanting? And that can be at a giant level, or that can be at a single classroom level. Like I think about when we're talking about curriculum design, We're talking about reaching towards an essential question. Do we ever get to the essential question or do we just go with the cute little formative or the cute little summative, but we don't actually get to that deeper, longer learning? That would be like seeing it all the way through, seeing that tiger all the way through. What you really said there, Casey, that stuck out to me was the idea of commitment. Yep. And that's something that's so hard, especially with all that we have to help education adapt or evolve. There's a lot that's out there. And no matter how well-intentioned you are, you've got to have that conviction and that commitment to whatever your little baby tiger cub is to see it through and to make sure that it has a healthy life and it actually does (laughs) what you want it to do and that you're not going to abandon it. And sometimes, unfortunately, (laughs) we see that. and uh, Just take a picture of it because it's cute little and then put it into a show exotic animal park. And truly, if you think about it, the adult initiative, like the adult big cat is more dangerous in some ways. It consumes more. It takes more energy. It's Mm -hmm. bigger. It's more expensive. If you think about it, like a growing initiative is a lot more responsibility. It's harder. It's probably a lot easier to just look at the ones that are in their infancy for everybody. But truly, when you think about the what is right about taking care of these animals. And again, that all comes back to values. But when you think about that with these initiatives too, see it through, let it come to adulthood and take good care of it. And maybe you shouldn't adopt six cubs. Maybe just (laughs) have one or two. I'm thinking about, Jenny, your unpopular opinion, right? The FTE. 
are you going to provide it enough FTE to eat to like actually see it thrive and survive? So yeah, totally. No, we're just going to pick up the old Walmart (laughs) spoils. Expired bologna. Fired chicken and bologna. Oh, yep. oh right, last that's one? What, is this number the, six? This is number All six. Right. Yep, last one. Just about ready for our time to end. So let's talk about someone waiting in the wings to start over and rebrand. So how does that happen first in Tiger King? Well, when Joe goes to jail, what's the guy's name? Jeff Lowe, right? Mm-hmm. The yeah. really kind of... Shady guy? Uh, yeah, he's sketchy. <laughs> super sketchy. Yeah, Sus. so... Sus guy. Oh, right? <laughs> yeah, so Joe's out. Jeff's in. We're still just doing this, but we're doing it his way now. And yeah, his way was interesting too, but uh, interesting being a very loosely used term. But and Casey, are you gonna, yeah, how does that go to school? <laughs> you take that one. One thing as coaches that we've always done really, really well at, not that I want to align us with Jeff Lowe, but it's always aligning with what the rebrand that is coming, aligning it to what is the previous good practice that we're already using. We're good at translating it and making it digestible. (laughs) Not that I want to talk about the food again with the tigers, but in order to have a successful rebrand, you have to have those translators there ready to help make that systemic change clearer that it's not a huge leap forward because that's just psychology right you have to build people's capacity one or two steps at a time before they're really able to bring change along so that's how i would connect it to education if you want to see big change happen you need that genuine translating not suspicious jeff Lowe (laughs) translating in order for a rebrand to be successful And the way we have it written here in our notes is someone's always waiting in the wings. Jeff Lowe is that someone waiting in the wings. But we have to think about that in education, too. Things change and people move and evolve. And there's going to be new people in that are going to need to know and understand where we are and where we want to be, but then also might bring to the table something that can add to what we're doing and help translate the way Casey's mentioning. All right. That's it. Six degrees of education for Tiger King. We need our quick game. So would you rather... Have a cocktail with Joe Exotic or Carol Baskin. I like you got the little accent in there. Thank you. Carol Baskin. <laughs> Carol Baskin. <laughs> got really like not that not right. <laughs> I really want to put the couple of adjectives in there, but I can't. <laughs> Family show. <laughs> this is hard because on one hand, if you could put a cocktail in Joe Exotic and just listen to what he has to say, it could be really entertaining. I mean, there's a reason everybody watched that show, guys. But on the flip side, I'm going with Carol because Joe's in jail. I don't want to go have a cocktail at prison. I don't know. Her husband seems kind of nice, and I don't think I'd be in any immediate danger. So I would probably pick Carol. I would pick Joe because there's plate glass (laughs) between us. (laughs) security. There's just something dark there. I feel safer. (laughs) Having a cocktail with Joe behind bars. He's behind bars. <laughs> I'm behind glass. I am going to be the tiebreaker here for this one. I'm going with Joe as well. And here's why. Probably pre-prison Joe. However, he had a lot of faults. They both did. But I I don't trust Carol. <laughs> I don't trust her. I mean, Joe, you knew what you were getting with Joe. Right. Like, there's he's, an authenticity there. Yeah. There is an authenticity there. There's just... Something under there that I can't 
put I'm, I'm going back in <laughs> i just can't put my finger on <laughs> i don't know i think i could just get a glass of sangria put on my flower crown and hope for the best i'm not afraid of carol baskin <laughs> carol baskin <laughs> you are tougher than us man <laughs> so who wins i think i think did i just win getting fed to a tiger <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave Who it knows? That. Emily, Emily just won a truck full of expired Walmart bologna. Congratulations. <laughs> She's the brave one, I can tell, out of the three of us. Today. Yay. So you win. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that's a wrap for another mini-sode on GLG's summer pop culture playground, Six Degrees of Education. A sincere thank you for joining us on this journey as we continue to advocate for adult learners and aim to contribute to this community with genuine conversations about education, leadership, and topics that matter to you. If you'd like to connect, you can find us on our website, thegroundedlearnersguild.com, on Twitter at GroundedLGuild, at CVeacher, at TechCoachM, and at Jenny Labrie using the hashtag GLGPodChat. Feedback is a powerful tool. Might you consider leaving us a review? It helps us to keep growing, allows us to bring you quality and customized content, and assists in getting this content into others' hands, or better put, ears. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream. Thanks again for joining us, Casey, Emily, and me, Jenny, on this minisode of the Grounded Learners Guild. See you at the playground, and even though it's summer, do your best to stay grounded. <laughs>